1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever edition of the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cool Karmie alongside former Kansas State defensive back, Monty Spiller. Monty played from 1993 to 1997. Um, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, man. Uh, it's football season. It's football season. It's football season. Yeah. That that's that. Those three words, I think, <laughs> are the just bring joy to everyone whenever you say that.
2: Absolutely. You know, anybody who knows me, I'm a different guy when football season comes around. Uh, I'm normally a pretty upbeat guy, but football season comes on preseason. High school, college, pro, you name it, I'm ready to roll.
1: Well, that, that's important. And, and what we do here on the walkthrough, um, we're going to be talking some K-State, right? So we'll start. Um, this is our preseason show. Uh, we'll, we'll have a weekly show. It will it'll go up on YouTube on Fridays. You can also catch it on the Powercat Podcast Network if you prefer, um, to listen to it that way, but this video version will be available on our YouTube. Uh, the first half of the show is sponsored by the part-time beverage company and Club Special. We got Club Special right here on set, so um, make sure you can check it. They are available in Kansas now, so make sure you check out Club Special. Um, second half will be sponsored by Cape Cod. We'll get into that as we move on. What we're here to do on the walkthrough is talk shop. Let's roll. We're going to talk football. <laughs> We're going to get into the X's and O's, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. It might be something that, as a fan, maybe you're not used to, but guess what? That's what we're going to do here on the walkthrough. Um, This week, in particular, we are going to talk about the three main storylines on the offensive side of the football and the defensive side of the football. First half, we'll do offense. Second half, we'll do defense, and Monty, I, I think to start off, the number one story regarding K-State football right now, offense or defense, is Adrian Martinez.
2: Absolutely. You know, I had the opportunity to um, talk to um, some of the guys I know from the football program, and Adrian happened to walk by, and I don't think you get a, a, a appreciation of how good looking an athlete he is. You know, a lot of times you seeing him in a Nebraska uniform on TV, but when you see him in purple up close and personal, the kid's a dude. He he he's a specimen. Um, from what I've seen from him on on tape, you know he's special, and I'm more than excited to see him this this um season.
1: I think what Adrian brings to the table is something that K State fans haven't seen in a while, yeah. and no disrespect to Skylar Thompson, <laughs> right? Skylar was a great quarterback for yeah. what he did, right? But what Adrian Martinez can bring to the table with his running ability, yes. and his throwing ability, I think that's very unique. I mean, a guy you played with, Michael Bishop, Absolutely. brings you know, brings to my mind as a, maybe a, a Michael Bishop light, right? And Adrian Martinez can do all those things. And so you, you add in Colin Klein to this mix. Now, where do you think this offense goes? Because I I, I truly believe that they're going to do some things that nobody is expecting.
2: You know, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of hard not to think about the possibilities. Um, Talking about Colin being the offensive coordinator, him being a former quarterback, having similar bill, to Martinez and, and a similar skill set to a certain extent as well. And, you know, and Adrian choosing to come to K-State because of what they can give to him and what he can give to us. You know, I'm not going to get too excited too early because obviously it's a bunch of new pieces together. But when you have Deuce back there with Adrian, you know, how can you not get excited? And, you know, the sky's the limit. And as the season goes on, I think you're going to see that.
1: I think what yeah. makes I think what makes Adrian so um, important to this offense is he adds that extra dimension as a runner right? A lot of the times, you know, if you have your quarterback who can run the football, that gives you an extra guy, Yeah. right? Not only does it give you an extra guy who's capable of running the ball, but it gives you an extra, extra block or two, which schematically gives you an advantage on the defense. And so I, I, I think that, you know, we, we we sit here and Adrian's talked in preseason camp about how he came to K-State. He wants to be a throwing quarterback. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen, <laughs> but I think Adrian Martinez is going to run the football a lot.
2: Oh, absolutely. And K-State is smart enough to know that. They're going to put him in positions to run the ball, but also throw the ball and keep him safe. But you don't want to take the balls out of, out of Deuce Vaughn's hands either. But opportunities will present themselves, and when they do, I can see him housing a lot of uh, runs. And, and he's one of those guys who can scramble left and right, but if he hits a crease, you can see him goodbye.
1: And I think the RPO is going to be something we're oh, going to see yes. a lot of Absolutely, ball. I mean, Absolutely. just reading that linebacker and, and making him make a decision, that, that, that's going to be what's going to happen, right? When you have a guy who can run the football, when you have a guy who can throw it like Adrian Martinez. I mean, the RPO is, was big with K-State under Skylar Thompson. Right. But, I mean, I feel like there could be, almost every play, there could be a potential pass with Adrian Martinez. And yeah. and, and that's something that um, we've seen in, col- in the college game a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much in the NFL. It's starting to creep towards the NFL. But a lot of the times, and, and maybe fans m- might not realize this, but there is the opportunity to... To throw the ball every single time, you know, practically every single time. Um, if if there's you know, if they get a certain key. And I I it wouldn't surprise me, especially with Adrian's experience, to see that happen.
2: Yeah, it's funny you say that, and you're absolutely correct with RPO. You know, Scholar had a lot of success, especially in goal line. You know, he wasn't gonna run away from a lot of guys, but if you needed a first down, it was there. And people forget Will Howard, when he came in for Scholar, he's not don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing him and Martinez. But he's an athletic kid, too. And when he made the right read, um, if they took the running back, he would pull it. And TCU game and a couple other games I can think of, he had a, a success on the ground. A um, couple of hundred-yard games, if I remember correctly. So mm-hmm. you put a Martinez in there who gives you an extra burst, You know, like I said before, it could be scary.
1: And so, you know, I I just – I'm very excited for Adrian Martinez, what he can bring to this offense. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Deuce Vaughn. You mentioned him. <laughs> Everybody knows about Deuce Vaughn. Everybody knows what makes him so special. But what's intriguing to me is that second running back position. Yeah. And DJ Giddens is a local kid from Junction City. Absolutely. Um, we think he's going to be that guy. Chris Klyman's kind of talked about him being that guy as the number two running back. But how much – do you believe that they will actually need to use a second running back? Because I am of the opinion, you give the ball to your best players. DJ Ginnis can get into the game. He can spell Deuce Fawn. But I, I think they're going to ride Deuce Fawn until the wheels fall off.
2: Yeah, I, I, I believe so. And why, why wouldn't you? You know, um, I hate to throw the H word around, but Deuce is one of those guys who should be mentioned in the Heisman. You know, I get it. We're at K-State now; that is a bigger market. But you put Deuce on any other team – He's getting recognition at K-State nationally, not not just locally. But you put him anywhere else, and he's a Heisman guy. And and it's just facts. But you got a good player, you you use him. But the second running back, he will spell Deuce, whoever that may be. And a lot of times, K-State is notorious for putting several guys in the backfield and using them in a different package. Now, I don't think they use it often, but I've seen the times where he's been a lead back, speaking about Deuce. Mm -hmm. You want to protect him, but it's just what K-State does. But K- Deuce is a dude, and they're going to find ways to get him the ball.
1: How important is it maybe to kind of spell Deuce in these in pa- obvious passing situations? Like, if you think of third and long, you bring in this, you know, quote-unquote third down back like mm-hmm. you see in the NFL, a guy who's a good pass protector. Mm-hmm. And I, I know um, we I just mentioned DJ Gaines, Anthony Frias, another junior college commit. We've heard that's his specialty right. is picking up passing, you know, or picking up blitzers. So, I... I struggle because Deuce is such a good receiver. Yeah, I mean, there's a dilemma there. Do you take him off the field and give him some rest, right. make sure you got a guy who can pick up a blitzer, or do you leave him in there? I mean, there's a there's kind of a dilemma there, and it'll be interesting to see what the what the coaching staff decides to do.
2: Yeah, I think it goes back to game planning. And Case State, in the past, in, in the recent years, um, has done a great job. And what they do, they find out tendencies of defense. You know, third and long, third and short, they have a nickel package in, they take a linebacker out, bring a safety in, they leave a linebacker in, you leave a Deuce in because I haven't seen a linebacker in the Big 12 or from Stanford last year either that covered Deuce one-on-one. K-State checks the empty, and basically they're saying, you're going to put a linebacker on our best running back, possibly the best athlete, good luck. And they take advantage of it every game. So it's kind of a game-to-game situation. I think they'll use deuce as needed like you said tcu did a good job they brought a nickel package in had athletic safeties in so they had to bring a bigger back in to block but most teams couldn't adjust and k state took advantage of it
1: i mean that's what makes do so special Oh, absolutely he's just a mismatch and um in a way you know as we transition to the wide receivers he's almost an added wide receiver <laughs> i mean everybody knows about cade warner voted a team captain yep. which by the way cade warner captain at nebraska and k-state I wonder if that. I doubt that's ever happened before. It's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. You know about Cade Warner. You know about Philip Brooks and Malik Knowles. Those are the three seniors. Those are the guys that are coming back. Then it starts to open up in the receiver room. Is it going to be a guy a redshirt freshman like RJ Garcia? Is it going to be a former walk-on from Blue Springs like Xavier Lloyd? Like there's a bunch of names that are just kind of in the mix. Right. I think people are sleeping that maybe Deuce Vaughn might be that fourth receiver.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. And you know, and a lot of a lot of media, a lot of local people. Have focused on Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, but like like you said, K. Warner, um, the last couple of games, even in a bowl game, he kind of showed up, you know. And a lot of times, you you forget he's there because he's such a physical presence. He does a great job blocking on the edge, but he runs great routes and he has solid hands. So who's to say that they don't make him more of an off- offensive threat later in the season or early in the season? And him and Adrian went to Nebraska together, so they might have that chemistry. So you don't know, but like you said. Nobody really knows uh, who's going to step up as a third or fourth receiver, and it could be Deuce. You never know. Why not put Deuce at receiver, bring a Gideon in at running back, and pick your poison?
1: I'm I'm interested to see how new receivers coach Thad Ward utilizes that. Round.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Because, I mean, we not a shot at Courtney Messingham and Jason Ray, <laughs> the guys that were in there, but it just wasn't the same. No, no. Right? And now you get a guy like Thad Ward, who not only is he a good recruiter, but he has had experience yes. at major universities, coaching receivers, developed some really good receivers. And I, I when we had a chance to talk to him, I'm like, I asked him, are you going to ride the hot hand or are you going to rotate all these receivers? And kind of like what we saw, we've seen recently. And he's like, if you're good enough to play, you're going to play. I'm gonna play you. And so I'm, I'm curious to see how that manifests itself. Because anytime you have a new positions coach, I mean, right. I, I guess I'm curious what your thoughts on this, but. There has to be an adjustment period there. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Most coaches and, and some people may not admit it, but a coach most coaches have a type for their position. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, they have a type. And they might not admit it, but they do. You know? Um certain coaches like the taller uh uh guys that can go up and get the ball. Some coaches like the smaller, speedier guys. Even for the slot receiver, normally the slot receiver is a short, quick guy, but some coaches like the bigger guys, you know? And I think K State has a good mix of each and every kind of uh, body type and skill set and I'm kind of curious to see what they do with those guys like they had Kate and slot and K traditionally wasn't in most programs wouldn't be a slot you know but it works for us so I think he'll do a good job mixing and matching and putting guys in positions to be successful so we'll see
1: I think I think Thadward is one of the best hires that Chris Kleiman has made I agree he, he's been awesome so far and very excited to see how that receiver room um performs on the field this season last thing we'll talk about here before we get into the second half uh cooper bb in the offensive line cooper bb I, I have been a fan of cooper bb ever since he has started at k-state uh, piper from piper in kansas city kansas right. um i got a little soft spot in my heart for all the kansas city kids but cooper bb is a stud yeah well, i think yeah. everybody knows that absolutely and so now he's trying to make the transition or he has made the transition um from left tackle To left guard. Starts out as a guard. Goes out to tackle. Now the plan is for him to start a guard. There's got to be a benefit from having played on the outside to now playing on the inside.
2: Yeah. Honestly, he knows from from tackle to tackle, position-wise, you know, outside of center. But I think moving him to guard allows him to be more aggressive. At tackle, you can be aggressive. But a lot of times when you're blocking uh, with the quarterback's blind side, you have to protect and understand what's going on at guard. You can just bring it. And if you're pulling, even if you're in your pass pro, you still can deliver a blow. And with him being a dude that he is, he's going to wreak havoc. And you know, whoever the nose is or the next level backer is, keep your head on the swivel because when he comes, he's coming.
1: I think that's an underrated trait of Cooper is his strength. Yeah, I mean, you don't really realize how right. strong he is until you see him actually deliver a blow onto the second level absolutely and you know I, if there's any kind of worry i guess you would say that i have with with the move it's that he just hasn't played guard in a while and oh, yeah. so you know maybe knowing you know when to leave a double team or how long to stay on a double team that'll come with time i'm oh, sure yeah. Oh, yeah. but i i just i think this is a slam dunk it's going to prepare him for the next level
2: there you go
1: and he he's an nfo guard
2: oh absolutely Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've had guys from K-State make it to the next level uh, in the interior line, and they understand what it takes. And and a lot of times the Big 12 gets a bad rap of having uh, defenses that give up a lot of uh, yards, which number-wise, yeah, it's true. But when you play offenses like we play every year, every week and every year, you're going to give up yards. But the D linemen, the linebackers that the Big 12 have are some of the best in the nation, regardless of what people may think. And that prepares you for the next level because you see quality dudes each week and you're going to be able to compete. So when you do get to the next level, the game is slowed down for you enough where you can be successful and make that transition. And I have no, no doubt that he will make the transition uh, after next season.
1: The offensive line is going to be just as good as it has been. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. if you're a fan worrying about the offensive line, don't. If there's one position I don't worry about for K-State, it's the offensive line. Absolutely. Uh Thank you so much for the first te- for listening in this first half. We'll be back to talk about the defense uh, in the second half. We're sponsored by Part-Time Beverage Company. You're listening to the Friday Walk. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to the second half of the Friday walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Second half is sponsored by part-time beverage company, specifically the Cape Cod drink. If you have not had a chance to try either the club special, which is the sponsor of the first half or the Cape Cod, which is also a sponsor of the second half, make sure you get into your local liquor store, ask them if they carry anything from part-time beverage company. If you don't, Tell them to carry it. It's now in Kansas, so make sure you give it a try. Monty, let's talk about the defense. Defense. That's your specialty. Yes, sir. The defense is important, and I think the defense has a chance to be really dang good this season. I want to start with the defensive line. Everybody knows Felix Enidike Uzama. What makes him so special?
2: You know, well, first of all, the kid, as a player, he he, he commands, he demands double teams. You know any coach that watches film of him, if you allow your left tackle or your right tackle, whichever side is on, to go one on one, you must not like that kid because <laughs> Felix is going to expose him. You know, watching him, he kind of had a coming out party. Uh, we knew what we had at K State, but I think he had a coming out party. Uh, the Texas Tech game, he just dominated. You know, he was on ESPN, he was on local media here in town, and and then he got everybody's eye. And as the season went on. They, they, people figured out this kid's special. You know, he he makes plays.
1: It's it's incredible to me to see his development throughout the years because he came in as a true freshman from Lee Summit, yep. skinny as a rail. Yes, he was committed to North Dakota State, mm-hmm. and then he K State swoops in at the last second says, "Actually, we want you to come here." Great job by the the staff for seeing the potential in him first of all, but the way he was able to develop and put on weight, I think sp- speaks as a testament to high school kids like. Yes. If you want to develop, you know, you don't have to be a five-star recruit no. to be an NFL talent because Felix Inudike was on a will play in the NFL. It speaks to the development department at K-State to where they were able to develop him into a good football player, and another guy who fits right along those lines is going to play on the exact opposite side of him, and that's Nate Matlack. I just, I think it's so important for Nate to have a breakout season because having two studs along the defensive line... Yeah. That's 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 massively important.
2: I I 100% agree. And and I'm, we're gonna get back to Matt. And but I'm gonna go back a little bit with Felix. He reminds me so much of a guy I played with, Darren Howard, who's actually getting inducted into the yep. Ring of Honor, uh, pretty soon here. And Darren and I played together. And he was not highly. He was recruited, but he wasn't highly recruited. And he was a kid out of Florida and uh, came in skinny. And watching him develop, you know, he got big. He gained weight, and all of a sudden, he's an All Big 12 player. And he played several years in the league for the Eagles and the Saints. And Felix reminds me so much of him. And he's one of those guys where as he got better, got stronger, you know, people took note. Like this Darren Howard kid, he's special. And I think with Felix now and Matt on the other side, these two can be bookends. They can be special. And it's fun because uh, with him being a Kansas kid and getting that love from K-State, and a lot lot of people realize the kind of talent they have here in Kansas. And But – K State does a great job of getting the best of the best and developing developing them into quality individuals who go on to play at the next level, like you said. So this year it could be Felix and Matt, possibly
1: those guys. Those guys having those guys on the end would would be massive because not only does it help you know the entire defense to help they get to the quarterback, they can stop the run, but it takes so much pressure off the secondary. And as we talk about the secondary, there's lots of young guys back yeah. there. I just. I feel like, you know, this this K-State team has a chance to be really good, but if there's one spot where there's a question Mm mark, it's the secondary. Yeah,
2: and and you are correct, you know, and you never want to have question marks anywhere on the defense, and especially with the Big 12 being the Big 12, the way they pass the ball, secondary is so key, you know, and a lot of times, you're not going to stop teams in the Big 12. You can slow them down, you can contain them, you can try to um, make plays here and there, but Teams are going to score points. It is it's going to happen. But the secondary is young. I'm not panicking, but it's some question marks. And the corners, they're pretty solid, but the safeties in the defense that we run at K-State, it commands to have uh demands, I'm sorry, have four or five good safeties that can play
1: every down. And and you, you talked about the defense last year. Obviously, K-State made that change from the four-three to the three-three-five. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's a big adjustment there. I don't think people truly understand the, the difference between the 4-down and the 3-down, especially from the back-end perspective yeah. because your keys are completely different.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of times, like with the 3-down alignment, it depends on what you running and who you're playing. The nose guard could be a head up or he could be a shade. Um, the two DNs can be 4s, um, which is head up over the— um, tackles or guards, give or take, and then they can be fives. They go a little bit wider, but it varies based on the offensive formation. But then the the, the two linebackers, and then you got the DBs behind them. They have responsibilities. If you get a guy that comes out to the flat, you got to jump that. If you got to get a guy that motions, once the motion comes, you got to adjust to that. So everything is moving, and it forces the defensive backs to make adjustments on the fly. And the offensive know that they know that, so they say, hey, we got a three three five or a three two five, whatever it may be. These guys, this is their responsibility. This is their responsibility. And if you got a bunch of young guys that can't get lined up properly, it can cause problems. I'm not saying in case they don't have the guys, we just don't know who they are yet.
1: And and that's what's so fascinating is we talked to Joe Kleinerman last week, and he said, yeah, we were pretty good on. Felt like we did a pretty good job on defense last year, but we weren't right. <laughs> we were good because we played hard. We played fast. You throw in that combination of knowing and seeing what you're hitting, right? Seeing how you can can make these plays. You know what you're doing on top of playing fast. It's that confidence. Yeah. And I think that's what's important for the secondary more than anybody with that lack of experiences. You know where to line up. You're confident in the system. Yep. Now just go make plays. And if they know the system, that has to have, give them a confidence boost.
2: A lot of people don't really understand, and that you are absolutely correct. Um, as a former player, as a current coach, a lot of times... The biggest part, one of the biggest parts is getting lined up and knowing what's going to happen and understanding it. Because like I tell my kids all the time, once you know what you know, you don't think, you just react. And at that point, you can play fast. And if you're playing fast and you're a good athlete, you're going to make plays. And at that point, it's going to be a team effort, a collective effort, and your defense is going to dominate. Now, like you said before, do we have those guys to think fast and know what's going on? We don't know yet. But if it comes together this defense can be special because we have a good D-line and we have potentially some good backers as well. We got Daniel Green. We'll talk about him later. But the secondary is the big question mark.
1: And there's a lot of guys in that secondary who played a lot of football, just mm-hmm. not at K-State. Yeah. Look at a guy like Josh Hayes from North Dakota State, a mm-hmm. guy like Drake Cheatham who played with Reggie Stubblefield, former K-State linebacker and safety from Prairie View A&M. Mm-hmm. Those are two guys right there who played a lot of football. You throw into a guy we haven't even talked about, Sean Robinson. He started out as a quarterback at TCU, goes to Missouri, transitions to safety. Now he's playing a little hybrid role between linebacker and and safety at K-State. There's a lot of guys who have played a lot of football but just haven't played a lot of football football for K-State. That has to be a plus for a room with such lack of game experience.
2: It is, and I want to say because everybody's anxious to learn. Nobody's coming in knowing everything, which is not a great thing, but collectively, all the potential starters are first-year guys in the program, and when you get a bunch of guys who haven't played together, I'm hoping that they have the same state of mind, thinking, hey, you know what? Nobody's giving us a chance. We're going to show you different, and it's basically us against the Big 12 and us against the college football world, and we're going to prove to you guys, yeah, we're new here in the system, but we're going to make plays, and I believe Coach Klanderman and Coach Klyman will get that attitude across to those guys, and if... These guys are anything like Reggie Stubblefield, when he came in last year from Prairie, Prairie A&M, he accepted the role. He embraced K-State. He embraced the community. He embraced the students. He embraced K-State football history. And now he's a legend after one year mm-hmm. at K-State. You know you couldn't go anywhere without knowing Reggie Stubblefield. You know? And so hopefully the guys we have coming in will take that same attitude.
1: I think that there's something to be said for guys coming from the FCS level yep. playing with a chip on their shoulder. Absolutely. Saying, I belong here. And then Chris Kleiman and Joe Kleinerman both being from the FCS ranks. Yep. There's an appeal there, and I, I love the fact that K-State's able to draw those kids in. Because, I mean, that, that could be a pipeline with the new transfer portal. So it's it's really good for K-State, like I said. The secondary is probably the biggest question mark. You mentioned Daniel Green. That's where I want to go next. The guy's a monster. <laughs> I mean, I guy getting inducted into, you mentioned Darren Howard, another guy getting inducted uh, into the Ring of Honor. This year's Arthur Brown. Yes. And there's been a lot of comparisons between Arthur Brown and Daniel Green, and I think they're very valid.
2: Oh yeah, he deservedly so, you know. And I'm pretty sure if you ask Arthur what he thought about Daniel, he probably would say, you know what, the guy's a monster. Mm-hmm. He can play, and in certain guys you just know. And you take Daniel Green, and if you ask any coach from the Big Twelve, would you take a Daniel Green on your team? <laughs> Absolutely. And the guy, he's a team player. Um, he doesn't seem like he gets in trouble, you know. And not saying that any other kid does, but he's what you want. He's one of those guys where he is K-State. You know, he he doesn't say a whole lot, but when he hits you, he'll let you know it. And then he's going to hit you again and again. And as a fan and as a defensive guy myself, I love that.
1: And I think the underrated part of Daniel Green is, you're right. He is such a hard hitter, but it's not just on guys carrying the ball. You know, fans see a lot of that, right? They see the hits with the guy's helmet popping off. And that, unfortunately, led us some targeting penalties for Daniel Green last year, right? (laughs) Now, justifiably so. I I don't believe that those were targeting. A lot of them weren't targeting penalties. They were flagged. Um, But, nonetheless, it happened, right? But his ability to hit guards coming to the next level, to hit the the center, to hit the tackles that are trying to reach him. I mean... There's that thought in the back of your mind, along with receivers coming across the middle. Like, you got a guy who's a headhunter out there? That affects your game.
2: It does. It does. And he does his job. That's the thing about him. He does his job, and he does it in a physical manner. And some people don't like that. And like you said, he got uh, flagged for some penalties, which I agree with you. Felt like they weren't warranted based on the rules. He did everything the right way. The fact that he did it. With so much malice, yeah, their flags were thrown. But he he is one of those guys where he'll take on the guard. He'll force the guard um to to make the ball bounce. He, he'll make a big hit when when the ball does come to him. But he does everything the right way and he does it physical. So I love that kid. He
1: he's so important for K State because you're right. He is the prototypical K State guy. The fact he came to K State from Portland, Oregon, and, and and commute and committed to Bill Snyder. Yep. Right, this is a Bill Snyder guy. Um, stays on with Chris Kleiman, and the fact that he is able to to, to make his life out to be, like you said, he's Mr. K State now. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy for Daniel. I think he's gonna have a big year. But that number two spot mm. behind Daniel Green is another one of those spots that I think everybody's circling. If there are question marks on this defense, that's another one. And and Will Honus, a guy who was uh, at Nebraska, now he's here at K State. He missed last year, but he's a veteran guy having two veterans, assuming Will Honest is good to go, Mm. having two veteran guys in the middle of that defense, that is going to be bigger than what people realize.
2: Yeah, I agree. And and with Will coming over from Nebraska, he plays some good ball. You know, when you play, and some people don't like to compare conferences, the Big Ten is just as good as SEC, just as good as the Big 12. No matter what people want to say, there's quality of football to be played. And Nebraska hadn't been Nebraska of old. But it's still quality opponents, mm-hmm. and he's seen some of the best of the best. And one thing about the Big Ten, they are known for their offensive lines. So what he's going to see in the Big 12 is probably comparable, if not less, than mm-hmm. what he's seen in the Big Ten. You know, So I think he'll be ready to see anything and everything, and if he can stay healthy and if he can learn the system and be that guy next to Green, they can be special.
1: And, and we think about Cody Fletcher last year, Texas kid, yep. been at K-State for a while – People didn't really know what to expect with him, but he had a good season. Yeah, he did. If you can have a Cody Fletcher-like season from Will Honus, you lock that in immediately.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And he kind of was overshadowed by Daniel Green, which anybody would have been, but he was solid. You know, a lot of times his name was called when he made plays, but his name wasn't being called for missing a tackle or for not being a Simon Sound. So he was solid. He was that guy next to Daniel, and hopefully Will can be that guy this year.
1: It's 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 interesting. Everything we we've talked we talk about it all the time. We're gonna talk about it. If your front seven is solid, it it just it relieves so much pressure on the defense. And we talked about Felix. We talked about Nate. One guy we didn't even get a chance to talk about is Khalid Duke. He's gonna come back healthy. He starts practice on Monday. I mean, there's so many options to rush the passer. You got a guy, a next level guy in Daniel Green. It's not very often that you have next level guys at the defensive end position and the middle linebacker position. Yeah, yeah.
2: and especially for K State to have that this year, coming off of what we would call a successful season. You know, a lot of people want to downplay the bowl game because LSU had a, a uh, watered down roster, <laughs> but it's still LSU. You got yeah. do, dudes don't go to LSU that are not good players. So you still have cats that can play. I don't want to hear that. But here's my thing: we are building off of that, and I think our defense, and I'm hoping our defense we we'll kind of take the underdog role because our offense is getting the hype, which is well-deserved. But I hope, I hope our defense say, you know what, it's a team effort. What about us? Oh, nobody respects us? Watch this. And I hope they take that attitude and the first game come out and just, you know what, take out all that aggression on South Dakota.
1: Well, there's lots of, there's lots of anticipation yeah. for the upcoming football season. We'll be here every single Friday, every single week, to break it down on the Friday walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody. That's Monty Spiller. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at GoPowerCat. Make sure you subscribe to GoPowerCat.com for everything K-State football. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next Friday.